It's good to be home, New Hope. How are we doing today? It's so good to see all of you, and welcome to the Durham campus. Welcome to those of you that are joining us online today. We're so glad that you are here. And I, I told the, the nine o'clock crowd, I said, I knew I was coming to encourage you and hopefully minister to you. What I didn't expect was for you to minister to me the way that you already have. And, and you gotta know this, the worship that you guys experience week in and week out, you don't find that everywhere. Like I have missed the worship here at New Hope Church. It is some of the best I have ever encountered and today was an unbelievable blessing uh, to me. So thank you, yes. And, and I've missed you. Like I said, I see a lot of faces that I know, but I see a lot of faces that I don't know. And uh, for those of you that know me, you might be wondering, well, Pastor Derek, what, what have you been up to? Like, what's been going on? I, I've, been, I've been officially gone from New Hope for a little over a year and a half. And when we transitioned away, we, we sold our house in Garner and we moved to the coast because somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> Yeah, so we moved to the beach, and um, they say that the beach is the only place where the salt lowers your blood pressure. It's true. Yeah. It is, it is absolutely 100% true. And uh, I got a regular J-O-B. How about that? Yeah, so I'm living in your world, all right? Yeah, I, I, 25 years of full-time vocational ministry and, and I'm working a regular J-O-B and, and here's what I'm doing. I got my CDL license and I'm driving an 18-wheeler. How about that? That's my truck. So I go all over. I go all over in that thing and um, it's, been, it's been an interesting journey. God has blessed us and I, I've discovered it's, it's exactly what, what I needed during this season uh, of my life. So uh, that's kind of what I've been doing. Family's doing great. Uh, my wife, Cindy, my daughters, Destiny and Delaney, I I'm thinking they're joining us online right now. So, hey, girls, love you. Um, and my son, Dylan, is actually in the house with us today. Uh, he drove over and is hanging out. So it's just really good to, to have him here. But I say all that to just kind of let you know, like, with all the change that I've been experiencing, I'm not immune to the reality that over the last few years, you've gone through a lot of change too. There's been a lot of things happening here at New Hope Church. I mean, within the last couple of years, you, you've gone from a church that has multiple campuses to reshaping the strategy and the philosophy, and you're here at the Durham campus now, and you've got the online platform, and uh, you're, you're founding lead pastor after almost 21 years resigned. That's a big deal. Some of y'all know this about me and, and some of y'all are about to figure out. I'm, I'm the guy that's gonna stand up here and I'm gonna shoot straight. I'm gonna talk about things today that you might be thinking, can he say that? Can he do that? What do I have to lose? They asked me to come in. <laughs> they, they asked me to come in and serve you today. So I'm gonna serve you today and and I'll talk about some of that stuff because that's where we're living, right? That's where we are. And that happened, and man, that's a big deal. And, and it brought in this, this season that you've been in in the meantime. And it gives me an opportunity to, 
acknowledge something that I think you already know, and that is this. Your staff and your leadership team have done an unbelievable job serving you in this season. Come on, New Hope. You can do better than that. You know it. They have laid it on, yes, you can do that. They have laid it on the line. They have poured themselves out, and I know so many of them. I served with so many of them. Uh, I hired some of them. Um, and, and you guys are unbelievably blessed to have the team that, that you've had just leading in this season. So, so proud of them. And now you're about to step into a new season. A new season is on the horizon. So a lot has happened since I was last year, and that's, that's probably understating things <laughs> just a little bit. You've experienced significant changes and, and shifts in direction, which I'm sure has everybody in this place feeling some kind of way. But here's what I know about you. Whether you've been here for 21 years since the beginning, whether you've been here for 21 months, 21 days, it might be your very first Sunday at New Hope and you've been here for 21 minutes. <laughs> we all find ourselves in a very similar place. We're asking questions like, how am I supposed to feel about this? What do I do next? What do we do next? What, what, if, it's gonna be, what, what if it's gonna be different? Like, you, you're asking all kinds of questions that are related to how we feel and what we're supposed to do and what's supposed to happen and and here's what I would say. What if those are the wrong questions? What if the questions that we're wrestling with in light of all that's happened actually have nothing to do with what we do next? What if they have nothing to do with how I feel? What if they have nothing to do with us? I hope you didn't wear flip-flops today. <clears throat> But I, I actually, I've been given the opportunity to come back in a couple of weeks, and when I do, I'm gonna talk about the question that we should be asking. But if it's okay with you today, can we just, just kind of sit in what we're feeling? That's probably needed, right? Yeah. Like, that, that's probably important. And, and so, I just wanna sit there for a moment and encourage you as, you're in this incredible I Am series. Um, in fact, if you have your Bible, if you have your phone, <laughs> tablet, however it is you access God's word, turn to the book of John chapter 10 with me and we're going to lean in to that through the next I Am statement that Jesus makes. And here's, here's what he says in verse 14. It'll be on the screens if you, if you don't have a Bible with you. He said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. He also said, I have other sheep who are not of this sheep pen and I've got to bring them in also. They too listen and will listen to the sound of my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay my life down only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, Jesus said. He said, but I lay it down on my own accord. He said, I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. 
Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. New Hope family, have, have any of you ever heard the, uh, the expression, he's never early, he's never late. He's always on, yes, I'm with my people. He, he is always on time. And I believe today you're gonna experience the reality of a God who is just on time. I believe it so much that I parked my truck, I dusted off my message prep skills, which I haven't used in about a year and a half, and I got back in my car and I drove about 1,000 miles yesterday just to get here so that I could stop by and remind you that in a season of change, Jesus is our good shepherd. And like if you're here today and you need three points and an illustration and, and maybe a poem or something like that, <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Come back in a couple weeks, I promise I'll have that for you, but I'm a pretty simple guy. Uh, I try not to be too complicated, and so I'm really gonna try to get just one thing across to us today. That's it. So it doesn't mean you still can't take notes, but it's not gonna look like you may want it. <laughs> Never mind. <clears throat> so the next I am statement is what we're gonna look at. And that reminds me, if you missed either of the other two messages that have been preached in this series uh, by two different mics, go back and check those out. They're great. In fact, Mike Bro's message that kicked this thing off, I love that guy, he's a handsome dude, I, he's awesome. Um, but whether you were here or whether you weren't here, go back and listen to that one, I'm the bread of life. And, and here's what I want you to do, I want you to listen to it again through the filter of what Jesus was trying to do, what Jesus was trying to say, instead of what people expected him to do and expected him to say. Like that's a, that's a filter that you and I actually need in our own faith journey as well. But back, back to the good shepherd. When Jesus makes this statement, he was not speaking just to the people who were under the sound of his voice. But he was actually speaking to future generations as well. In fact, it was so important that he said it twice. He said prior to that, he said, I am the gate to the sheep pen, which he also said twice, and he said, I am the good shepherd. And here's what you need to know. He wasn't just repeating himself because the people were hard of hearing and because he didn't have a PA system to go out and, and, and carry to the, the crowds, although argument could be made that they probably were hard of hearing because so many of them never did what he said anyway. <laughs> I mean, really. But he wasn't repeating himself because they were hard to hear. He wasn't repeating himself so that John could make sure he jotted down every detail uh, as it was happening so you and I could read it later. That's, that's not what he was doing. What he was doing was he was connecting a dot that would validate who he was and what he came to do. He was drawing on a passage of scripture that would be all too familiar to the people who were there in attendance that day, but also very familiar to many of you. Some of you already figured it out. I'm talking about Psalms 23. You know this passage, right? Like, it's one of the most quoted passages in God's word. And, and here's the thing. It's more than just something that, that we read at funerals to comfort people. It's more than, you know, a, a, a nice plaque 
um, that you put on your stairwell or, or in your home somewhere. It's more than something that is etched into uh, grandma's quilt or afghan, you know, in her, her living room. I just said afghan. Some of y'all are like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I'm a couple years away from turning 50. Leave me alone. I'm also crying a lot more these days. I'm upset about that. I hate that. <sighs> anyway, I digress. This passage of scripture is so much more than that. I would actually suggest to you today that it's deeply embedded into the very fabric of our culture. So I wanna challenge us to erase any tame or, or churchy thoughts about this psalm because it's incredibly relevant probably for the season of life that you may find yourself in, but also for the season of this church. This passage depicts Jesus as a personal and attentive shepherd who intimately cares for his sheep and yet is tough enough to defend them against the attacks that come into their life, against the challenges that come into their life. Why? Because he knew we'd go through seasons where things aren't easy. He knew we'd go through seasons of change. He knew we would face opposition, church. He knew that we would go through seasons of uncertainty. He even knew that after 21 years, the founding pastor of this church would resign and step into another season of his life and how that would affect so many different things. He knew it would create a season of transition. And he knew with all that comes all the feels, right? Feelings of uncertainty, anxiousness, excitement, concern, anticipation, fear, maybe even anger. I'm trying to go through all of them, but we don't have time. But we're, we're feeling different things, aren't we? And see, the point is, he knew that life would be full of challenges. And yet Jesus invited us to follow him anyway. Have you ever thought about that whole deal? <laughs> like, <laughs> here's Jesus saying, hey, I know following me is going, to, is going to bring a lot of these things about in your life, but follow me anyway. <laughs> uh, no thanks, <laughs> I'm good. But that's exactly what he does. And he knew that after nearly 11 years of serving this incredible church, he knew that I would transition into a season where I would actually live in light of this psalm in ways that I could never imagine. And that on May 21st, 2023, it would have me right here to encourage you. So I wanna invite us to take a deeper dive into a very familiar passage of scripture to discover just how much Jesus is aware of what we're feeling, just how much Jesus is aware of what we're walking through, and just how much he loves us and how much he is our good shepherd. So I wanna read this passage over you. And if you need to, take a breath. If you need to close your eyes, whatever you need to do to focus, listen to the timeless truths that are spoken over your life. Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When Jesus makes this statement in John 10, he was connecting a dot that would go all the way back to his ancestors to the time of King David. And he used an illustration that is made repeatedly in God's word when it comes to the relationship between God and his people, and that was a shepherd. And I think there's a lot of reasons for why scripture speaks about those who are responsible for the care of souls as shepherds. I mean, it resonated with the people that Jesus was speaking to that day, and it resonates with us as well. Here's what we need to understand about a shepherd. A shepherd stands among the flock. Don't, don't miss that. A shepherd stands among the flock. He's not a spectacle, and he can't be effective from what he does on Sundays on a stage, solely by itself. My mentor taught me years ago that a shepherd has to smell like the sheep. And it's the only way that it can actually work because he would not be trusted or she would not be trusted to lead them if he doesn't have a direct connection with them. Shepherd has to smell like a sheep. And in Jesus, folks, we have a good shepherd and he understands all the feels. He didn't sidestep human suffering in his life. He didn't sidestep it in his public ministry. In fact, right after he was publicly proclaimed as the Messiah, when he was baptized, he spent 40 days alone in the wilderness, being tempted by Satan. You had to know that he was feeling all kinds of things. He was feeling alone. He was feeling stressed out. He was hangry. <laughs> like, all of it. He didn't sidestep that stuff. Because he needed you to know that I know. Right. I get it. Yeah. And he did that because he knows how to lead us to the safety and the green pastures. <clears throat> to a place where we lack nothing. To still and peaceful waters when we're in the midst of the storm. He knows what our souls need, even if it's in opposition to what we want. And he lovingly cares for us in every moment. Everything that we encounter. Like a good shepherd that he is, he knows what you and I need, even if it doesn't line up with what we expect. Can I get real with y'all? I told y'all, I just, I put it out there, man. Put it on the table. <clears throat> and I know this about New Hope. We've always had a culture here of authenticity and keeping it real. You've experienced a lot of change as of late. And many of you have just learned that more change is coming. So being real with you today, 
Some of you can't wait. Like you look forward to the new and fresh, like that fresh first cup of coffee every morning. Or for me, Vente hot caramel macchiato, light foam. <laughs> Extra caramel sauce drizzled around the cup. Make it upside down, please. Mm. If you haven't had it, it will minister to you. It's like artificial anointing every day. It's great. Love it. <clears throat> I digress. You love change. You're, you're just, you're wired that way. Like, you, you see the new is like Christmas every day. And right now, you could not be filled with more anticipation for the season that is on the horizon. And here's the deal, that's good. In fact, that's actually great. Like, you should feel that way. Why? Because Jesus has always and will always continue to lead this church. He is our good shepherd. But I also know you well enough to know there are some of you who aren't feeling any of that. You're uneasy. You're apprehensive. You're not sure that the change is good or that the change that's coming is necessarily what you wanted. Come on, somebody. I grew up Pentecostal. If you get quiet, I'll preach longer. <laughs> Promise you. <clears throat> Plus, you're the last service, so we got all the time in the world, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. But you might be thinking, well, what if things aren't the way they used to be? What if, what if the things that change are things that I don't like? Like, what if, what if, what, what, <laughs> what if the new pastor isn't like Pastor Benji? What if he's not like Pastor Reese? What if he's not like Pastor whoever? Can I tell you something? It's okay. It's okay. Like it is. Despite what you're feeling, not to invalidate what you're feeling, but it's okay. Things are going to change. It is the main constant in life. And sometimes we're fired up about it, and sometimes we, we just wanna run and hide. But how can I be sure things are okay? Because Jesus is our good shepherd. Always has been, always will be. He'll be with us every step of the way. And if you and I will surrender our will, our desires, our expectations to his, then he will show us green, lush, abundant pastures to find peace and rest in. He'll lead us to refreshing, still, quiet waters to quench our thirst. He'll show us the way to go so that we can find ourselves in the center of his will, his plans, his expectations. Why? So that he can receive the glory. Because at the end of the day, is that not what matters most? Is that not why we were even created? For his glory? But if that's not enough, scripture doubles down with a promise that trumps everything that you and I might be feeling, experiencing, or even struggling with in our lives right now. I want you to look back at verse four with me. 
David wrote this, he said, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Church, when, when life becomes most challenging, most difficult, most uneasy and uncertain, that's when we're most prone to do what Pastor Louis Giglio calls give the enemy a seat at our table. And some of you have read that book and, and, and you know what I'm talking about. Some of you haven't. If you haven't read the book by Louis, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table, highly recommend it. But we need to understand that the table that Jesus has extended and prepared for us has an invitation and it's only for one. It's for you. Nobody else. The enemy isn't allowed there. The enemy should not be invited there. And it's in these moments that you and I, we actually need to demonstrate this even though I will kind of faith that actually leaves room for God to work. But this is always an indication of focus. See, if you're focused on what's happening around you, Are you focused on what's happening to you? Or are you focused on who is with you? Like, I I live in the same world you do. I I gotta come back to this daily. Like, I haven't figured all this out. But I've learned that he's never early. He's never late. But he's always on time. Don't miss this, because this is the simple truth that can change everything for you. You know, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they refused to bow down in their darkest valley, folks, they didn't do anything wrong. And they could have focused on what was happening to them. Like they were about to be barbecued. It was not fair. It was a little harsh. They could have got angry. They could have let their emotions determine their response. But instead of giving the enemy a seat at their table, they focused on who was with them. There were four people in that fire. Jesus, the good shepherd, was with them. I told you only one thing today, and it is this. He's with you. And that's enough. It's actually more than enough. See, we get focused on when we pray and we're going to God, Spare me from this season. God, fix this. God, do this. God, do this. How about instead of praying, God, I need you to do this, because he actually already knows. How about we just focus, God, thank you for being with me. As you're with me, I just want to be in your presence and do whatever it is you want me to do. See, that's even though I will kind of faith. You and I don't have to fear the enemy. We don't have to be afraid of life's most difficult or challenging moments because the good shepherd is with us. Most times we're just focused on what we're gonna do next, how God's gonna bring us through. Is justice gonna be served? We don't even flex our even though I will faith to realize that Jesus, our good shepherd, is with us. Are y'all picking up what I'm putting down yet? I figured if Jesus could repeat things, so could I. 
See, there's this powerful cause and effect relationship here for us to follow. That even though things may happen outside of my control, even though what I'm experiencing isn't matching my expectations, even though things may change, I will still praise the Lord. He will not abandon me. He will not abandon you, ever. See, developing this even though I will kind of faith, it changes the temperature, it changes the trajectory of your life, and it opens the door for you and I to stay calm, to actually remain confident, to not respond out of emotion, and it starts when you and I put our focus on him, the good shepherd, and not what's happening around us. And the reason you can do that is because he's with you. So regardless of where you find yourself today, regardless of what you may be feeling or how difficult this season of life is for you, I want you to walk out these doors in a few moments with the peace and the assurance of knowing that you have a good shepherd who is with you. And it's enough. And he's preparing a table for you that is by invitation only. It's just for you and him. So as we close today, let's come to the table that the Lord has prepared for us. And let's just be in that moment. Let's commune with him. You, you should have received uh, communion elements when you walked in the door today. If, if you didn't, please just raise your hands so that somebody can provide you with them if you want them. You don't have to, but you're welcome. Yeah, you're invited. Jesus is inviting you to the table. And let's get ready to receive the bread of life and the blood of Christ. Can I pray for us? Father, we love you. We know that you love us, and we know that you are with us. God, we pray that in this season, in this moment, we would rest in that. We would be okay with that. And we would trust that you will lead us exactly where we need to be. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, let's receive the bread of life together and taste and see that the Lord is good. And Christ's blood was poured out for us. And so let's receive the blood that was shed for all our sins. Father, once again, we just acknowledge your presence in this place. We are grateful for it, and we will do our best to live in light of it. In your name we pray, amen.